This is a HeadGum Original. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Thorin, you gave a promise. You brought upon them only ruin and death. You've won the mountain, is that not enough? Now, we defend it. I came to reclaim something of mine. Last move in a master plan. A plan long in the making. These bats are bred for one purpose. For war. Leave Sauron to me. Bilbo is right. You cannot see what you have become. Everything I did, I did for them. You started this. You will forgive me if I finish it. When faced with death, what can anyone do? I will not hide. While others fight our battles for us! You have but one question to answer. How shall this day end? It's another episode of Newcomers, and I am Nicole Byers. <laughs> you you came into that so freshly excited. It felt like it felt like you were excited. I just felt excited to hear you. 
Um, I'm Lauren Lapkus. We're watching The Lord of the Rings for the first time and, uh-huh. and everything else that entails, which, by the way, is many things, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. Books and and all the movies and Hobbit spinoffs and stuff. So, Have you watched the, the books yet? I, yeah, we have not watch watched the books. The books. Okay. We're going to just push them against our heads and hope that we get it. <laughs> <laughs> just hold a book on either side of my head and be like, mm. oh my God. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's this meme of this little boy. I guess it's not a meme. It's just a video. He's like in China or somewhere and he's in school and he's got his book open and he's scooping the words yes. into him. Uh, it's so precious. I love that. Anyway, Lord of the Rings. We are, um, this is the seventh episode of the new season. And of course, last season we did all of Star Wars. And, um, you know, we're, we're going through the franchise with the help of nerds, super fans, sometimes even people who've contributed to the movies. And we started with the Lord of the Rings trilogy that came out throughout the 2000s. But now we're watching all of the Hobbit movies where we, we, we wrote some fan fiction, which was mm-hmm. really sexual and moving. Um, <laughs> we we're going to check out the spinoffs. We're going to watch animated movies, as Nicole said. We're going to do it all. So today we're talking about the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. And you can rent it on Amazon Prime for $3.99 or stream it on Sling. Yep. So this is the last film in the <laughs> Hobbit film trilogy. So we're talking about The Hobbit, uh, The Battle of Five Armies. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I was like, who the fuck are these armies and why are they fighting again? I was so confused. I don't know. And so much. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Well, let's so just, much has happened. I mean, what did where? How do you feel about this movie overall? Just the real quick. Did you hate it real quick? OK, I didn't hate it. I think I liked it the most out of the three. Oh. But I will say this. How dare you end the second movie with this cliffhanger and then Smaug comes and burns up everybody and then immediately dies. I agree. That was a huge part, a problem for me. I was like, why don't we see that at the end of the second yes. movie? And then this movie is the result yes. of that. I don't Ugh. know why. We had to, I mean, of course, we only waited a week. There are people who waited a year to yes. see that. And then yes. it was like over in an instant. It's just, it's crazy. It's like having a crush on someone and then you finally have sex and it's bad. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Watching Smaug die so quickly was Ugh. like a bad fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was really shocked by that because I thought that Smaug was going to play like a big role in this one. Same. And um, Seems like he probably should. Sorry. <laughs> he should. We should introduce our guest. Yes. We're really excited about our guest today. Uh, Zach Reno. Zach is a performer, writer, composer who has appeared on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, AP Bio, Party Over Here, Conan, Comedy Bang Bang, Adam Ruins Everything, and more. And he's also the star of the College Humor Go 90 series, Fatal Decision. Whoa, rest Welcome, in peace, Go 90. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is Go 90 as I'm That's saying it? That's an excellent I, question. I yes. truly recall when that was a big deal that yes. everyone was talking about. Go 90 was from Verizon? Yeah, so Go 90 was yes. Verizon's sort of idea where like, how can we make our customers Customers use up their data plan very, very quickly. Oh, and the sort yes. of solution to that was Go90. But um, that was a very fun show that I did with uh, College Humor that was uh, at the time like the longest acting paycheck I had ever had. Which oh, was well, great. that's always good. That is good. We also, as you mentioned, you're on Bruce Brothers with my husband, Mike Castle. Yes, loved, loved that. And um, you are the host of Off Book, which is fucking which is amazing. So incredible. The podcast that everyone should listen to if you haven't heard it yet. Y'all have both done it. It's so it's much fun. So good. Not because like we're friends, but like you and Jess are so fucking talented. Talented. Oh, yeah, it's an improvised musical, and it's like from start to finish, so much fun. Thanks, friends. It's, Every it's time such a I joy. hear you guys do what you do, 
I am completely in awe. I'm like, this is a very special skill. Yes. <laughs> it, yes. It, is, it is the result of not being good at anything else. It is like <laughs> truly. That's how we're all here. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like, it is like the laser focus within, like if you spend a ton of time on improv, the outside world is like, what are you doing? Now mm-hmm. picture that and push all of that into like musical improv. <laughs> yes. And it's even, uh, it has, but yeah, I mean, we've been very, I'm very lucky to have uh, such like Jess is so incredible and She's so much, great. You guys are so great much fun together. to work with. And um, it, luckily, like we get to do a bunch of musical written stuff. So I guess we do sort of like flex those muscles and other in other yeah. places, but yeah. No, I think also like, well, just really quickly about that, just that the podcast world has been so helpful in the sense that you guys could do that on stage all day and like everyone's like amazed, but like getting to do mm-hmm. it on a podcast where you can reach people and add in all the like instruments and all that stuff. It's so amazing. Yeah. For people that like don't have a big improv theater in their city, it's yeah. podcasts have been very cool for that. Yeah. Oh my God. We're changing lives. We really are one day at a time. Basically, we're making the biggest difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, Zach, how did you become a Lord of the Rings fan and why? Sure. I've been, Lord of the Rings was sort of my gateway into a bunch of other fandoms. Like those, um, I read the books first and then I read The Hobbit. At some point, I watched the original um, Hobbit movie so short so animated so not concise. to interrupt yeah, yeah please please people keep saying they read the books first who gave them to you i no one has no one ever suggested in my life to read them they weren't like in school part of the right. curriculum no that's a good question my gut is to say that my dad gave them to me because mm. he had read them he is not by the way like a fantasy nerd by any stretch but he d- he did sort of like take in all of the cultural touchstone. Like there's another, there's a sci-fi trilogy called Foundation, which is Isaac Asimov. And it is like one of the, um, one of the sort of like seminal sci-fi works, uh, I guess of like, um, yeah. And he, he's read that, but that's very much like the only sci-fi book I've ever heard him say that he Mm -hmm. read. Um, So I'm pretty sure that he bought them for me. Uh, I also had the 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 books on CD. It was like mm. nine CDs. And I think uh. that must have just been the first book because it would have been so much longer than that. Wow. And so like that was my end. And then that sort of got me interested in a bunch of other fantasy authors later in life who arguably, um, whose writing style I like more than Mr. Tolkien. What's <laughs> okay. wrong with Mr. Tolkien's writing style? Tell me about this. Okay, well, so you know how all the dwarves have the exact same name and everyone is the same name as their dad, except like a couple. It's like, I am Boromir, son of Boromir, who was oh son God. of Dorinir, and they yeah. come from the mountains. It's like, um, it's it's sort of, for lack of a better word, flowery and overly, um, it actually is too specific. Like when ah. when Hobbit and co wander into a new forest, I actually don't, need the last 20 years of what this tree has been up to, like spelled out to me in great detail. And like all of the famous birds and bird lords who lived in the trees and like their great deeds to be sung to me in song and stone is not sort of what I'm here for in this book. 
I do just need to know how they get out of this forest. <laughs> now I understand why the movies are so fucking long. I didn't know that the books <laughs> would give you like the history of trees. Yeah, they're trying to cram a lot in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but not The Hobbit, which, and I know y'all have talked about this before because I I listened to uh, what you thought. But the big problem here is like with this movie, not to jump too far ahead, but it's like, why is this Three movies. There's yeah, no reason totally. for it to be three movies. I would have, and I could have watched like Smaug, like fuck with shit for way longer. Same. I loved Smaug. Because Smaug yeah. is the villain of The Hobbit. He's yeah. not the villain of one third of The Hobbit. He's the villain of all of The Hobbit. If he if he was around the whole movie, like let's say he destructed the town in the end of the second one, and then he flew around through the whole war that's happening of the five mm-hmm. armies, and then yeah. he was the last thing, like more than the orc or whatever. I think that would have been more interesting. I agree. <laughs> yes. And also, like, who would you have made angry with that? Like, is that different from the books? Yes. But, like, who are we... Who is like such a diehard reader of The Hobbit that they're like, well, they've, they're done with the dragon. So this just has to be the armies. And even though we get to it an hour deep into the movie, mm-hmm. it, it, the last hour and 20 minutes has to just be the armies. I just want to see those. So I've, I have trouble with this. Who are the, there's this five armies in yes, a battle. Yeah. Those armies are. The humans, I guess we can call that an army, even though it's really just a bunch of people that just had their houses burned down. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's the orcs. That's definitely an army, right? That one's an army. The elves, that one's an army. Yes. The dwarves are not an army for most of it until later when they are an army. They get like uh, tough all of a sudden and they're like, we got to do it. We got to be an army. We're not an army. We need to call my cousin. He's got the (laughs) army. And then... Is the fifth army the goblins? It's the viewer. We're the army. <laughs> yeah, it's we definitely were, the we viewer. Were the, <laughs> the fifth army is New York City. <laughs> we were the we were the army all along. Wait, who are the goblins? The goblins. So it's true. Oh my there's this God. moment. There's this moment. They're up in the ice. I don't remember this from the Hobbit, but apparently it happens. They're like, we have to go kill the big orc on the tall ice. We got to get up there and kill mm-hmm. that guy. We're so mm-hmm. mad at him. And yeah. As they're up there, they're like, goblin goblin mercenaries are coming. Seems like about a hundred of them. We've got uh, it. And there's two of them. Wait, is the fifth <laughs> army the people who come on the eagles led by Rastafari? Oh. That's my other question. Are the birds and the bear that they drop the army? Is that, that the army? That feels like an army. I think so. Okay. I buy that. Because they kick some ass. They do. Those those eagles, you know the thing about eagles in the Lord of the Rings, because you've seen eagles, right? You saw yes. them at the very end. They can end. like save the day and shit. They save the day. Yeah, they can scoop you up. But they never show up until you need them. Because they don't take sides. But they're, oh, I mean, right? what, but, I mean, Nicole, you can't sit on the sidelines. That's that's a choice, right? You're right. You're, that is a choice. To be novel, like you're, you're picking sides. <laughs> If you don't, just because you're not in there. Why are they flying in like right at the beginning and just like scooping up all the dwarves and just like getting them back home? I just want them to go home. Why are we not (laughs) dropping the ring directly into the volcano? Yes, that would solve a lot of problems. And that is what the internet shouts about a lot for the last 20 20, 20 years. If you want to get into it. That stuff I don't care about so much. Zach, are you a fan of the Hobbit movies? Because I feel like a lot of Lord of Lord of the Ringies don't like the Hobbit movies. I'm so ambivalent on the Hobbit movies that this movie that I watched for y'all last night is the first of the Hobbit movies I have ever seen. And only wow. one, by the way. Wow. I have not seen Unexpected Journey or the other one. I saw the first, I saw the original trilogy 
in theaters. And when these came out, I was like, I think the fact that I knew from the jump they were doing it in three made me be like, absolutely not. I am not like, there's no reason I don't, I don't need to live in middle earth that badly. That's just not the, like for the people that do totally get it. No shade. It's just not my thing. I feel like what I really want is a movie that just takes place in the Shire. Or mm-hmm. where it's Same. Like, yeah. Lauren, I was so happy at the end when they were back in the Shire. And they were like taking all this stuff. And I was like, this is fun. Like we could have yeah. spent an hour here. Well, they were like, he died. Like they could have had a whole storyline. No joke. Yes. Bilbo going house to house, trying to get his shit back from all of his neighbors that have stole it is like a movie I would very much be into. <laughs> yes, I agree. I would be into it. Oh, my God. Okay, well, then, so where does this, I mean, obviously, it's not your favorite, but where would this <laughs> rank for you with the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> it's my favorite of the three Hobbit movies and the okay, only well, one, I, I'm the only one I've seen. Okay. Um, I love the story of the Hobbit. Yeah. But are you asking about this movie specifically? This mm-hmm. ranks below the, this ranks fourth out of four. For the the four Peter Jackson properties that I have seen. Now, apparently there was a Lord of the Rings musical being performed several years ago. In the West End, yeah. Okay, so you know about this. So if you were going to make the musical, which I I think you could easily do, probably Mm -hmm. right off the top of your head right now. um, I'm not going to (laughs) make you do that, but I believe in you. What characters and storylines would you focus on to make this like a good show? Well, we can do this together. I think y'all know enough about this that we can figure this out. So the first question I think that we need to ask ourselves is the Jurassic Park question. It's like, just because we can doesn't mean we should. (laughs) Because you should know that the Lord of the Rings musical at the time is, I think, one of the biggest West End flops in the history of the West End. Dang. I'm so surprised when things like this don't do well because it feels like there's such an audience and... Yeah, I think that was their thought, too. Well, I feel like it's different people, like different people like Lord of the Rings and different people like musical theater. And then when you put them together, it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. And I think that you can even make the argument that those people are the same, but that that thing that they like is not the same. Right. Mm. Like, I don't know that I need to or or slash want to hear Gandalf singing a big song about <laughs> you not being able to pass. Like you, I don't know if, I don't know if that's a song Wait in a, a musical. Minute. I'm sold. That would be so funny. But like, it has to be a comedy, right? And this musical yes. 100% was not, it was like, Ooh. let's do a Let's do like a serious Lord of the Rings musical. And like hobbits will have some fun sometimes. Yeah. And like, mm. that's, I don't know who that's for. Like people that love Les Mis but want, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. So I think if you're going to make, I think you're both right. If you're going to make a Lord of the Rings musical, it's got to be a comedy, like front Mm -hmm. to back. Also, was this musical like three and a half hours, four hours long? Oh, at least. How about that Harry Potter musical or whatever? That's like eight hours long. You have to go back. You can't just, you you have to like go, you leave for a little bit and then you go back or you see it one day and then the next day. It is. I was going to go see it, but (laughs) JK Rowling's wild. She's an angry woman. I know she's done now, honestly. Yeah. You, you actually can't give money to JK Rowling anymore for any reason. No, I would never. Oh, Although I was going to say I would never go to something that was that long, but I did last year go see The Inheritance, the, this play that was like so amazing. And it was 
eight, oh no, it was like six hours or something. What? You had to, you went there for the first three or however long. And then we went and got dinner and then we came back and watched the rest. And it was, thankfully I loved it. So I feel like if you didn't like it, that would be hard to return. Right. Wow. Half, six hours. What I understand wow. of um, The Cursed Child, which is a post Harry Potter series play is that a lot of what is fantastic about it is the fact that like it is a sort of masterpiece of stagecraft. Mm. Like there's a ton of incredible practical visual, basically magic that happens Mm. on stage because I bought it when it came out and read it front to back and was like, fun. I like the lore. I like that is a world that I do sort of like want to live in or did (laughs) until recently. You bought the musical? No, no, no. I bought the book version of the play. Oh, like you it. could buy the play. It just came out looking. Oh, like it wasn't a, a book first. No, this is just a play. It's just a play. Wow, I'm wrong. <laughs> That's okay. We're all wrong. That's okay. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> um, but it is too. But uh, McKenna has seen it and loved it and said thought it was like. But it. But she didn't like it after having just read it. So I think it does survive mm. based on like it is a physical marvel to watch. And this yeah. Lord of the Rings musical, which I haven't seen, but have seen clips of, um, you do get strong Cirque du Soleil vibes from watching it, where it oh. does feel like, oh, someone's on silks now, like in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> to do like It's supposed to be like a visual yeah. um, spectacle, which again, like if Cirque du Soleil were to do a Lord of the Rings themed show that's just like a circus that show that looks like good. Like, that would be dope. Like I would, I would mess with that 100%. I really would. <laughs> I think I, if that was a thing, I would force Nicole to go to Vegas with me to go see it. I would go. <laughs> Cause like it's Cirque <laughs> yeah. du Soleil. It'll be an hour and a half. Yeah. They'll play like big Enya music with drums <laughs> and you'll, you'll like it. Um, <laughs> and then you'll watch like people do cool sword fighting stuff. But I don't need to hear them sing. If they're going to sing, we need like, like you said, like Bilbo trying to get back all of his stuff that his neighbors have stolen. Mm -hmm. That's a musical that I would write 100%. Yeah, the whole thing is just that. It's all in the Shire. Like Sauron shows up and is like, wait, Sauron, you took my stuff too? He's like, yes, I'm the Dark Lord. (laughs) And I need, I actually have some of your stuff. He's like, I needed a rug. (laughs) I I needed a rug and you were dead. So I did take it. Um... Like, that's a great musical. I would, or I would do, like, I would really want to focus in. Like, I would do the Smog musical, where it's just Smog sitting on mm-hmm. his treasure, killing, like, wave after wave of people to, that are coming and trying to, like, steal his shit. That's fun. Like, I like that's that. That's fun. I would do, <laughs> that. I mean, this is, like, a deeper cut. There's a character who is in the books who is cut out of the Lord of the Rings, um, movies called i know amazing right they had to take stuff out of it mm. his name is tom bombadil the forest lord we have heard of him yeah gabrus likes tom bombadil yes of course i was thinking gabrus was mad someone was cut and then it yeah. was who you said it's yeah. tom bombadil it's yeah. tom bombadil the forest lord and his very special boots and like he's a ridiculous character could probably do a musical about him i mean i feel like these are all good ideas that should mm-hmm. be real what about y'all though what if you were gonna make one I think if I were to make one, I would probably not do it. You know, I would just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, same. Yeah, I just, same. I would be like, you know, I think I'll take my creativity elsewhere. But maybe I would do it on. So I liked, ugh, I can't remember his name, but he looks like Nick Jonas. And then the elf that they put in the movie. I would do, I would do my musical on The Hobbit from this movie. Okay. With Nick Jonas, one of those. Uh, he's not a hobbit. He's a dwarf. 
He's but got the, the long the hair. the dwarf elf romance. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would do. Oh, like I like forbidden that. love. A storyline that, by the way, was given <laughs> no time in this movie Truly at no. all. They really breezed through that. They needed yeah. they needed a they needed that fight to be an hour. They didn't have time. They I had know. to do the hour long fight. <laughs> I personally think if I was going to make a musical, I would just do it about the dwarves cuz they're my favorite mm. and they did sing. They had that one they did. song. It's weird. Not in this one. Yes, and then they didn't sing again. So it's like they set us up for maybe more musicality and then didn't follow through. I know, and I was one and there's like some musical elements of these movies, there's two songs, I guess, that I can think of, but why mm. and and why not more? And I think when I saw the dwarves doing the dishes and singing, mm-hmm. I was like, this is fun. I yeah. like this. It's like Snow White. It's on Snow crack. White. Yes, like exactly. Yeah. I, there, I remember when the Hobbit movies were being made and there was like this trailer for it that was basically a documentary, like a mini, like it was a very quick, like seven or 10 minute music, like YouTube video or whatever, that was just about like the lore of the making of the good song that they were writing for this movie. <laughs> and they were like, we're using like the scale of Middle Earth. Like these are the notes in the scale of Middle Earth to write it. And oh. like the music nerd in me can kind of get down with that, except <laughs> that none of it's really real because <laughs> because like here are the notes we use in, in Western music and it's all of them. And Mm -hmm. there's not that many of them. Right. So they're just going to have notes. Like, I mean, like there's not notes we can't hear. So the notes are inherently (laughs) our notes. The 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 dog music. I mean, there's a little bit of that. Like, like, I don't know if y'all have seen or listened to wicked. um, Yes. When, Oh my gosh, am I wrong? But this Stephen Schwartz is wicked, right? I believe. Yes. I don't know that. Anyway. So he has like, the this Aussian scale that he composed Wicked in, which is like it's like a musical leitmotif that we do revisit throughout Wicked and to give the world like a specific feel. And that is the idea that they're trying to do here. But it's like when you say that you're gonna do it, you're building it up on such a pedestal that there's just no way to deliver like the most authentic Lord of the Rings, like, cause you're making it up. That's really interesting. I don't, I guess hmm. I've never really heard of what you're talking about. So I'm, that's very interesting thinking about Wicked as an example, that there definitely is like a specific tone. I don't know how to describe it, like a yeah. like musical terms really, but like a vibe that is like consistent throughout the whole thing. You either feel it or you don't, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that's the point. Like you shouldn't know how to describe it to be like, Ooh, all of this music feels like it fits in this same like fantasy world. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, did you do you like the scores of these movies? Like, how do you feel about the music in the films themselves? Like the actual, I think I, soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, I for one like, uh, and this is may, not the whitest thing about me, but it's up there. Like, uh-huh. I can fully get down with like Enya and her sort of Orinoco flow vibes <laughs> that she's that she's laying down, and she is like a big part of the scoring soundtrack of the original trilogy. Is she really? Literally? Yes. Yes. Oh. Because I like Enya. I like that me one too. song. Which one? Who can die only time? I found uh, an hour loop of it on YouTube, and sometimes I listen to it for an hour. Yeah, that's I the song that. only. That's the song only time, Nicole. That's uh, the song only, only time. time. It's good. I like that one, and I like Orinoco Flow. And then there's one other one that was really popular. <laughs> I can't think of. <laughs> uh, I don't know that Sail one. away. How does that one go? It's sail, yeah. away. Ooh, sail away. Sail away is fun. Sail away. Sail I don't know away. if Enya makes you super white. I think Enya is transcendent. Okay. Like I'll t- yeah, I'll it's take like it. the soul risen. Yeah. 
It's like a it's like a bird became light and that light made music. <laughs> Honestly, yes. That's a perfect description of Enya's <laughs> yeah. music. Um, so she she she's not like the composer, but she she is um she's one she she wrote a song for the movie and I think it's used in one of the trailers and you can see why they're kind of like a good fit. Her music can be kind of ethereal. It feels a little otherworldly in a way that's good. I did not really notice the music in this movie. I did in the original Lord of the Rings. I liked the music in the original Lord of the Rings. But in this yeah. movie, the only time when I noticed the music was when they had just won. The, they were blowing on the big horn for some yeah. reason. I'm trying to remember why they were blowing on the <laughs> oh, horn. Oh, that's at the end. Yes, it was uh, at the end. I think they were just blowing to let you know that the war is done. We won the war. It's time to blow the war over horn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was like the composer in me was like, okay, we're going to blow the horn and we're playing. So everyone is listening now because you're showing me on screen that we're playing an instrument. And whenever that has happened up until this movie at this point, it's just been like, "Mm," it's like a one note horn. This one was like a series of horn (laughs) chord progressions that absolutely could not have been being made by this instrument. Just no way. (laughs) Absolutely not. So you think that like what you do cinematically in that thing is like, okay, you play the big mm, noise and then you do this other horn stuff under it. Everyone will buy that. But it totally took me out because I was like, am I supposed to think that you're playing like 100 trumpets on this one big trumpet? Because you're not. (laughs) The music I thought was like fine in this one. But it wasn't like even in a movie like Avengers, like you hear the Avengers theme come on. You're like, Yes, I remember this. Uh, every time you play it, I'm like, okay. Bum, 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 bum. It's good. It's just like a good theme. I could not tell you what the theme of this movie was. Maybe if mm. I had listened to the first two, then I would be getting like reprise vibes from it. I can't think of what it is. Me either. The only thing I'm thinking of is that music video in Lord of the Rings where Pippin or the other one is just like in the window singing. I'm like, that's the vibe of Lord of the Rings for me. <laughs> there is that Lord yeah. of the Rings song that's like, bah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Bah, bah, oh yeah, that's bah, nice. Bah, bah. But that's like, that's Lord of the Rings music. So like if you're doing Hobbit now, mm. you can't just do Lord <laughs> of the Rings music again. You did it you're for right. three movies. You're right. It's true. Um, Nicole, it's time for the Shire Wire, which is our new segment. The Shire Wire. (laughs) There's a new Lord of the Rings video game on the way starring Gollum. Daedalic Entertainment (laughs) is developing (laughs) a new Lord of the Rings video game called The Lord of the Rings Gollum. Ew. You guys, you guys aren't a big Andy Circus heads. You're not. I circus, like Andy Circus. circus. Freaks? I just no. don't like this little stringy-haired idiot being like precious and like losing the ring, yeah. and he's like killing people and eating raw fish. He's not for me. He's not for you. He's also not for me. The player of the game will likely control Gollum from time from Ugh. the time he received the ring until his demise at Mount Doom, and will bear witness to new, <laughs> never before told stories about Gollum's adventure. Stealth and moral choices will likely pay, play a big role. And according to a Game Rant article, the Lord of the Rings Gollum will tell Gollum's story from start to finish and could provide a compelling narrative about mental health. Could? What? Huh? Who do we know in real life who has gone crazy over a ring and became a shriveled up little person with big feet? Who? Hmm. Who? I don't know. Nobody. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tricky needle to thread, isn't it? 
That's like, that feels like, well, we wanted to make a Lord of the Rings game, but also it's very meaningful about mental health because <laughs> um, we've all been driven mad by a ring of power. Um, I don't know. That's wild to me because there are certain video, I mean, like I'm down for video games doing crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm generally on board. Um, but to play a character who is like a less good hobbit than Bilbo like, because there is the story about how he ends up with the ring in mm-hmm. the first place. And I don't remember that. Oh, he like kills his fucking friend. Right. His friend just has <laughs> it. And he's like, I want it. I'm co- I'm mm-hmm. covetous of that. I kill. And then like it slowly turns him into that over time. Tolkien is into that, by the way, of the like people fundamentally. Because, ch- you know, the whole thing about like the orcs were elves once. is what? like, a, Yeah. So that's a thing that. They want you to believe in this universe is that the orcs were like elves oh. who got tortured real bad for real long and now they're oh. orcs. Oh, I thought they were like born out of goo. That's what I thought. I think when they start making new themselves, they do born themselves oh. out of goo. <laughs> you know who this video game is for? It's for a woman who's just like really wants her boyfriend to propose and she slowly turns into this little goblin who's like, why won't he give me the ring? I want my <laughs> ring. I want a big wedding and a dress. So I do think this this game is for somebody. That's a better game, though, Nicole. Like, that's a better <laughs> video game. Like, it's a Lord of the Rings game where you play Katrina. And Katrina is slowly driven mad by the ring of power, which is the wedding ring that she needs her boyfriend to buy for her. Um, and it destroys her. the focus on marriage from our society destroys her. <laughs> That's a good video game. I truly need to see a drawing of this. If anyone out there can do that, that is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Should we take a break? Yes. I've got to. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Ooh, 
Do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we're back! Oh, <laughs> okay. First, here's my issues with the movie. I hate that I already said that Smile gets defeated and then that fiery vagina comes and then that gets defeated real quick. And I was like, so these things are so easy to kill. Why are we fucking worried about them? And then the I had a problem with the Thorin was talking to the other Orlando Bloom with the, the brown hair through like a, mm-hmm. a glory hole. But, like, they were kind of the same height at the glory hole. And I was like, that's not it. That can't be. Oh, maybe he was bending down. <laughs> maybe he was on a rock. We, was, we didn't see the rock that Thor But was it gonna... really made me upset. I was like, can I we just, like, really be in the world? Like, you're not the same height. That's such a good point. That's an incredibly good point. Those two looked like twins to me. And I kept getting yes. confused with who they were. And then... That part where they were looking through the hole, I was like, so is this like a mirror? Like, they, it truly was... Right? They were too similar. But you know what would have been so funny? You know what would have been so funny is if they had made the dwarf the right height. And every time we cut to that side, we just see the top of his head. That's I a think better, it would be a, very That's a funny. great movie. Just his hair. Oh, wait. Before we, like, go into it, John Milheiser, he wants me to mention something funny he said last night. He was like, <laughs> they should have called it Back in the Hobbit. Like Sister Act back in the back habit. in the habit, yeah. And they then really he, <laughs> and then uh, the guy who looks like Orlando Bloom with dark hair, mm. he was like, "That's not Orlando Bloom, that's Tampa Bloom." And he texted me <laughs> to make sure that I said these things on the podcast. Uh, Tampa Bloom, <laughs> I love <Wow>. that. <laughs> Well, this movie was released in December 2014, of course, directed by Peter Jackson, and it is 
an epic high fantasy film um, written by Jackson, Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, and Guillermo del Toro. And so it is the people. third and final installment in Peter Jackson's three-part film adaptation based on The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, following An Unexpected Journey and Desolation of Smog. And together, they act as a prequel to Jackson's Lord of the Rings film trilogy, which I did think came together very nicely in the end in a way that I found satisfying for my brain of trying to yes. understand the timeline. Yes. Absolutely. Can you imagine if they had done it in one very good movie, how satisfied you might have been? <laughs> yes. I, I was like, this should have been the movie. Like, yeah. there was a lot of stuff in the first two movies that I was like, who fucking cares? Like, this had all the action that I needed. Um, I agree. There, yes. Yeah, I think 100%. How many pages do you think this movie was to look at it? This well, three-hour this three hour movie? We heard that Peter Jackson improvised a lot of shit, so maybe it was two pages. <laughs> I mean, truly, I how say, much dialogue is actually... Pages. <laughs> I, I mean, I think like half the pages were blank and he could just draw whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I draw a big moose. Elf rides the moose in this one. <laughs> I like, I did, I did like the reindeer. That's sort of where I, I'm coming to yeah. all movies, wanting them to be fantastic beasts and where to find them, which is not a good movie, but I do like to see the big. Wait, was owls. Fantastic Beasts, was that a book before a movie? No, no, no. Uh, or is it just a movie? That's okay, in the Harry Potter so world? in the middle of Harry Potter being released, there were two very, very slim, like quote unquote, in universe textbooks that mm. were released that were to raise money for they were they were for charity, but it was basically um, rolling, doing like filling out the world and like and, and one of those books was Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. The other one was Quidditch, Quidditch Through the Ages. So she did a book for charity and then turn it into a movie so she could make more money. Has nothing Jeez. to do with the movie whatsoever. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic Jeez. Beast was just them like, we made so much money off Harry Potter. How do we make more? We need to keep the story going and we can't fire Johnny Depp. We need to keep him on in all of the movies. Wild. How do we keep talking about this woman? <laughs> well, do you want to get into the in-depth trip, the in-depth summary here of our plot? Let's do it. It should be so fast, right? I feel like I could do it in, I feel like each of us could do it in three sentences if we had to. We could, but we won't. Mm -hmm. No, we are going to do it in okay. two pages. <laughs> okay. Yes, two pages, which I think In is the spirit of The Hobbit. The least yeah, amount? Exactly. I think this is the shortest summary. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, I'll kick it off. So Bilbo and the dwarves watch from the Lonely Mountain as the dragon Smaug sets Lake Town ablaze. I liked this part. Bard mm -hmm. breaks out of prison and eventually kills Smaug with the black arrow brought to him by his son, Bane. Smaug's falling body crushes the <laughs> fleeing master of Lake Town and his cronies who are escaping on a boat laden with the town's gold. Bard becomes the new leader of the people of Lake Town as they seek refuge in the ruins of Dale while Legolas travels to investigate Mount Gundabad with Toriel. Thorin, now struck with dragon sickness over the vast <laughs> treasure in the mountain, searches yep. obsessively for the Arkenstone, which Bilbo had previously found but kept hidden. Upon hearing that Lake Town survivors have fled to Dale, he orders the entrance of the Lonely Mountain sealed off. I don't know how I missed her getting dragon sickness. I didn't oh, hear that he either. he has it, right? Torrin. Oh, Torrin. Not Okay. Thorin, yes. not Toriel. I think I, yes. Thorin, yeah, not Toriel. Toriel has dwarf love sickness for the yes. dwarf. Yes, she loves that dwarf. And they're like, no. So meanwhile, 
Glateral, L. Ron Hubbard and Sar- Saruman arrive at <laughs> Dole Girl Golder and <laughs> Free Gandy and sending him to safety with Radagast. They battle and defeat the Nazgul uh, and a formless Sauron, the flaming vagina himself. Azog sends his son Bolgog <laughs> to, to, to gun, Bolgag? Gundabad to summon, to summon their second <laughs> army. Wait, who is Azog? That's his son? I didn't Wait. realize that was his son. <laughs> Okay, so the big, the 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 big, the guy with one arm, the big orc with oh, one arm. Yes, the one, his son is, is apparently born. the one that um that killed our our friends, the dwarf and the elf in love. Oh right, oh, okay. The one that they're I, fighting. I don't think of them not, as being like having a family tree. Yeah, I feel like they're just orgs. Yeah. No, that's his dad. And you can really tell from the acting. Speaking of weird dad stuff, it's wild that 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 not Orlando Bloom used his son as like the bow, right? Yeah, wait, like did that his son weird... die? No, I think he's fine. Okay. Also, I was like, how come your son knows how to kill Smaug and you don't? Like, where did he get that arrow from? And also, yeah. just an arrow kills Smaug? If you That's... hit him, if you hit him he just a, right, he has a hole. Got a, he's got missing one scale. You got to shoot it so uh... good. And I did think it was crazy, though, when he just turned his son around and he was like, if you move an inch, this is fucked, basically. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. using his Look shoulder. <laughs> oh, my God. This is like in Star Wars where in Rogue One, they have to, like, go fucking blow up something from inside something. And it's like one thing. <laughs> I'm not doing a very good thing. A good job of describing what I think I know. Whatever. It's also someone hard. will know out there. No, what yes. you meant. someone it's, will know. It's Thank very you. much like every time you have to. The smog and the Death Star are incredibly similar in that they are big, giant destruction with monsters one flaw. with one very yeah. gaping, big flaw, which is a little <laughs> hole that if you shoot inside of it, does actually kill them entirely. Yeah, that's a great point, Nicole. Everyone's going to be really proud Thank of you for that. Thank you. So Thranduil and an elf army arrive in Dale and form an alliance with Bard in order to reclaim a treasure once withheld from them by Thror. Bard goes to the mountain and asks Thorin for the share of gold that he had previously promised the people of Lake Town, but Thorin refuses. Bil- Bilbo sneaks out of Erebor to hand the Arkenstone over to Thranduil and Bard so they can trade it for the mm. treasures they were promised and prevent a battle. When Bards and Thranduil's armies gather at the gates of Erebor, offering to trade the Arkenstone for the promised treasures, Thorin angrily refuses to believe that they have the Arkenstone until Bilbo admits giving it away and chides Thorin for letting greed cloud his judgment. Outraged, Thorin nearly kills Bilbo, but Gandalf appears and shames Thorin into releasing Bilbo. That was pretty far in, I feel. Like, yes, this is so far, and I feel like we missed so much. We are now an hour into the movie, and the remainder of the movie will be the one big fight. <laughs> that is, that is, yes. that's what we've got so far. And by the way, that is like they tell they <laughs> they spend fifteen seconds on telling you why the elves are here, and it's like there are gems of pure starlight or something, <laughs> and they're very they're very bright. And we the elves, they're they're ours, and we want them back extremely badly. And we will kill you for them mm-hmm. with a whole army for this and necklace and a couple others. They this summary is missing that man with the nasty teeth 
who like loves gold or whatever. Yeah, who, like, the comic book uh, Pirates of the Caribbean villain that is yeah, in this movie. Yeah, he was so out of place. What is it was his so name? strange. I, I know wanted him dead. Me too. I was like, get the fuck off of my screen. I know, Ugh. and they were going to kill him at one point, and they like they could have killed him like a hundred times. He was just disgusting. Yes. His name is Alfred Lickspittle. Alfred Lickspittle. Lickspittle, by the way, is a um, classic villain underling name. Yeah. Really? No, but like oh. Lickspittle, like they're literally <laughs> saying like, this is a, yes, this yes. is a bad dude. Now I get it. And they should have, like every non-rated PG-13 movie kills this character off mm-hmm. like quickly and brutally. Right. Um. And, and bad Orlando Bloom is constantly like, I know you're the worst. Yes. Go take care of my kids. Yes, it's so wild. <laughs> I didn't understand that. I thought I was going to go kill them. Same. Um, also, when Thorin is like going to like throw Biblo off the ledge and then Gandhi appears and is just like, release him to, what did he say? He was like, don't damage him. And I was like, damage? He's a, what are you, what? Damage? He's, He's going to die. Him. Yeah. He's going to kill him. And then I was like, how did Gandhi just like appearing make him just go, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, I think he still wants to, right? But the other dwarves like pull him away uh. and give him a rope and say, go down this rope before Thorin notices <laughs> that we've given you a rope. But so like they all know he's crazy, but apparently mm-hmm. not enough to like be like, hey, dude, this Arkenstone, which I don't remember from the book, The Hobbit at all. I don't know if it's in there. I have to go check. I think it might be a thing they made up for these movies. Oh, I'm going to Google that. So while you Google that, I will continue. So Thorin's cousin, Dane, arrives with his dwarf army and the battle of dwarves against elves and men ensues until wereworms emerge from the ground, releasing Azog's army from their tunnels. Oh, I hated those. Yes, I did not like them. They were very upsetting. I have a movie that's coming out that neither of you will want to see, and that movie is called (laughs) Dune. (laughs) Oh, yeah. People have mentioned Dune to us, and I don't know what it's about. Um, With the orcs outnumbering Dane's army of Thorandrdol and Bard forces along with Gandhi and Biblo, uh, they join the battle fighting the orcs. However, a second front is open when many ar- orcs, ogres, and trolls attack Dale. So I guess the orcs, ogres, and trolls are one army, yeah. forcing Bard to withdraw his forces and uh, to defeat the city while Alfred takes a bunch of gold and flees from Dale to his ultimate fate. Oh, yeah. Does he die? I don't. They don't show us in this no. movie. He just takes a bunch of gold and runs away. By the way, forces of darkness showing much more unity in this war than, than yes. the forces of light. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so are, are ogres the gigantic things that were disgusting kind of climbing yeah, around? Yeah, probably. Um, those are making me sick. I like the <laughs> one that put the brick on his head and ran real fast and broke down the wall and then passed out immediately. <laughs> I yeah. did like that one. That one was very um, it, funny. And I, It does appear that the Arkenstone was in the books. Mm, all right. Okay. Well, I need to read them again. I Mike, won't. Mike is nodding yes to affirm that that is true. Um, so <laughs> inside Erebor, Thorin suffers hallucinations before regaining his sanity and leading his company to join the battle. He rides towards Ravenhill with Dwalin, Fili, and Keely to kill Aizog. <laughs> Bilbo follows them using his magic ring to move through the combat unseen. Meanwhile, Toriel and Legolas arrive to warn the dwarves of Balg's approaching army. 
Feely is captured and Azog kills him as Bilbo and the other dwarves are forced to watch. As Thorin engages Azog in a fight to the death, Bulg knocks Bilbo unconscious, overpowers Toriel, and then kills Keely, who had come to her aid. Legolas battles Bulg and eventually kills him. Thorin kills Azog, but is fatally wounded in the process. It does seem like this is the part of the movie where they'll be like, does anyone like these guys as much as they like Legolas? And if <laughs> not, should we make sure that Legolas is a pretty big part of this fight? Bilbo woke up and I was like, oh, right. You're in this movie. Mm-hmm. You've been gone from it for so long. Mm-hmm. I know. And he's like my favorite. I think he's so charming, Martin Freeman. And he's like, great. Yeah. He's, he's just a really likable character. And even when he's lying, I sort of like him. And I don't know. Like, I feel like I could use, he brings a lot of heart because he acts like the actor brings like such a mm-hmm. real sort of compassionate feeling to the character that makes it not even feel fantasy. It feels like just a guy. And I like that. I've I've never seen him in something where I didn't like him. Even yeah. like, I don't really remember him in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but he's like great in Sherlock. Mm-hmm. I think he's mm-hmm. very, very good. He is incredible. Like it is incredibly easy. These orcs heads come off real easy. Yeah. Everyone movie. dies so easily. I think maybe the problem with the movies is you don't get enough Biblo. Yeah. Um, would right? love more, like, would love more Biblo. Right. I think it's kind of like how Frodo, he's like very much the center of Lord of the Rings. I feel like Biblo should have been the center of this. I, Frodo is like, I mean, Frodo is a more fleshed out character by virtue of the fact that there are three books about Frodo and only mm-hmm. one very short book about Bilbo. Um, I guess Bilbo is in the Lord of the Rings, but it doesn't matter. Um, they they did seem to also make the decision in this one that Frodo, uh, that Bilbo can throw rocks so good. He's just like throwing rocks at orcs' heads and they're just like going down one after the other. It's like, this is incredible rock throwing power from this tiny hobbit. It's true. Also, when Legoland was like fighting and then like the bridge was crumbling, I did think that was pretty cool. It's kind of yeah. like Tetrisy. I like that. Right? That was fun. But when Thorin kills Azog, I was like, how anticlimactic that you just step back on some ice and he like falls under. And then I was like, why are you so chill? You know he's still alive. And then he was still alive. And then he like stabs him and then he stabs him. And I was like, this fight is wild. Like uh, yeah. somebody I know, like, to die. thought he was just going to die because he went into the water. Like, yeah, no, it was like cut his head off <laughs> or something. He's not dude. the wicked witch. <laughs> no, but I thought that. that part where he like showed up under the ice and he was like, and then like stabbed him in his yeah. foot was kind of <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of the, I mean, like I've been dunking on it. I like a lot of the fighting in this Mm -hmm. movie, which I mean, I better. There's a lot of it. So there's got to be at least (laughs) a couple moments of it that are fun and they are good at it. It just, um, I like the overly cartoony stuff. Like when we're jumping on rocks to get Mm -hmm. instead of that are midair to get back onto a thing or when Legolas like throws a sword into someone from way far away. Mm -hmm. Like that's all good and fun. It's just, yeah, I I feel like, this totally. one was less cartoony than the other two. Like the yeah. other two, you've got like the white water rafting scene and then a full musical in the first one. And then this one, like there was parts that were like, like when Biblo's like, is this a good place to stand in the middle of the war? I was like, tee But like, yeah. what? <laughs> I was like, this is. <laughs> but what about in the, like the first one when like that big thing got killed and he was like, that's gotta hurt. And then he was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, it was weird that it didn't have any of that in this. 
<laughs> um, so the great eagles arrive with Eredegast and Bjorn to fight the newly arrived orc army, and the orcs are finally defeated. Bibla remains or regains consciousness and makes peace with the dying Thorin. And then Terrell mourns Keely. My God, I was like, what the you guys didn't even kiss? And she's like, if this is what love is, take it away. And I was like, nobody can <laughs> scoop love out of you, bitch. Like, how how are you so attached to this? dead dwarf we had to write like a lot of the story like okay so i guess she's yes. been pining after him like she thinks about him yes. a lot yeah i can't really i don't like i don't know how much time did they spend on that relationship in the previous movies nothing so they're Barely. like at the jail and he's like "Ooh," and she's like <laughs> and then legoland is like get the fuck away from that dwarf you don't like dwarves and she was like i guess i don't and Here's now she's happens. in love with him in this one Here's that was happened. truly it they got three movies deep and someone was like Oh shit. Are there no relationship arcs in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Do we actually make two movies with oh crap, we better fix that. These two. Yeah. Okay. This this um summary also doesn't mention that very gay villainous uh elf walking in or rolling in on a moose. That made me laugh so hard. Did oh, you guys- Lee Pace? Yes. I love that his ride of choice was a moose. I love that big I know, reindeer. I love, that. I love the reindeer. I love oh, the Oh, it big... was a reindeer. No, I, I don't it was know. A moose too. It probably no, was a it? moose. But no, to maybe me, it was a reindeer. No, no, no. I'm just saying that because to me it looked like a reindeer. I'm sure it's a moose. <laughs> um I like but I liked that character was doing a lot. I loved I loved him. That's, That's like his dad, right? Yes, Thranduil. I like him. I wanted to see more of him. I liked him. I liked his reindeer moose. I liked the big war pig. And I didn't like that both of those animals died. Yeah. That's one way to make me get off board of a movie very quickly is to give me fun big animals and then kill them for no reason. Yeah. I also was like with Thranduil, I was like, I need to see Brian Jordan Alvarez do an impression of Thranduil <laughs> now. I felt that would be very, that very is, effective. Lauren, that is like perfect. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, you don't know I Brian Jordan good. Alvarez. He's very, very funny. Oh, my God. He's look him up on it. YouTube. Yes. So Thandrothal acknowledges their love. Legoland tells Thandrothal that he must leave. And then Thandrothal advises him to seek out a Dane ranger in the north who goes by the name Strider, who turns out to be Aragorn. Sure does. Uh, when asked what his real name is, Thandrothal says he will have to discover it himself. Meanwhile, Thorin is buried with the Arkenstone along with Keeley and Feely leading to a Dane to be crowned king. But like, why why bury the Arkenstone if that's what you're fucking looking for? I did not see that they buried him with the Arkenstone. I missed that part. But um, I guess bury it because it's a horrible gem of corrupting evil. Mm. Yeah, I was Seems glad like- some of the dwarves died, even though they're my favorite, because I felt like we had to kind of shave off a few. And we wanted that to happen earlier, Nicole, remember? Like, we were like, why don't some of them pass? Yes, there was too many characters. But we shaved off the we shaved off the wrong ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think some of I don't like have um, necessarily a huge affection for any particular dwarf character, but... I, I like that we got rid of the ones with the most boring hair. Like the ones that had a more interesting sure. hair are still around. <laughs> Good. And that's, we have to I'm pick really some gonna... way to choose which ones to yeah, lose. That's that's, and that's the only way I'm like able to even keep track of what's going on, honestly. Um, but okay, so as <laughs> Thorin's company begins settling back into Erebor and Dale begins to recover with Bard as the leader, Bilbo bids farewell to the company's remaining members and journeys home to the Shire with Gandalf. 
As the two part ways on the outskirts of the Shire, Gandalf admits his knowledge of Bilbo's ring and warns him that magic rings are not to be used lightly, although Bilbo assures him he lost the ring. But if he knows you have it, how could you even tell him he lost it? Bilbo returns to Bag End to find his belongings being auctioned off because he was presumed dead. He cancels the sale but finds his home pillaged. He starts to tidy up and settle back in, and it's revealed he still possesses the ring. Sixty years later, Bilbo receives a visit from Gandalf on his 111th birthday. The end. Mm-hmm. Or the beginning. Uh, the beginning bum, bum, bum. of Lord of the Rings. And you just have to keep watching them in a circle over and oh over again. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. But I thoroughly enjoyed everyone at the Shire being like, who are you? How do we know it's you? <laughs> I, I was like, like how too. long was he gone? And one of them is his cousin, which he calls <laughs> out immediately. Like, everyone is trying to grift him. Uh, how long is, is he gone? It can't be that it was, long. Oh, they said it was like two two years or something. Oh, wow. Or a year. A year. Because so, they said, oh, no, it was 13 months. That's what they said. You'd been gone 13 oh, okay. months. So we knew you were, we assumed you were dead. Yeah. Well, no one's ever been come back after being away for that long. Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, I thought that was very cold how they just sold everything off. Um, and his place yeah. was so sad to me. Then coming home to the sad, I wanted mm-hmm. him to have the toasty home that he was like longing for the entire time and nuzzle yeah. back in bed and just get to. But he, instead, he had to like stand in a desolate sort of room that was going to be empty for a while, considering how much time he was going to have to spend getting everything back. That's so I'm I'm with you, Lauren. I wonder if that's on purpose, if that's hmm. if that's supposed to be meaningful and I don't really want to give credit to this movie for thinking hard about anything because I'm not sure that they did. Like you said, it does seem like they sort of made it up, but it does seem like that's the thing that he says initially that he is going to like give up his, like those are the yeah. things he's giving up to go off on this adventure. Mm-hmm. And he's always wanting to come back to them and he comes back to them and they're gone um, because he now knows like, and it doesn't need them, I guess, because he now has, adventure or whatever but it, it made me sad too to see his home like wrecked and for some reason yeah. his like asshole neighbors took the pictures of his parents off the wall and threw <laughs> i know the that was so rude <laughs> like i thought it was very funny i was like these yeah. people are savages I like they really them. are no i mean we would like to see a whole film of that mm-hmm. um this movie grossed over 956 million dollars worldwide making it the second highest grossing film of 2014 behind transformers age of extinction and the lowest grossing oh. film in the hobbit series interesting the film holds a 59% critic rating on rotten tomato and 74% for the audience score that feels right hmm. It's like fun, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not good, yeah. but I, I like. <laughs> but it's like okay, yeah. Fight on the big ice thing. Throw the sword. <laughs> ride, the, ride the eagle. That one scene when they're like fighting, where they pretend it's like Lord of the Rings light. They're doing like, remember these people from Lord of the Rings? These villains were around. Where you see Sauron for like two seconds. Yeah, I just it made me so angry. And then what's her name? Uh, Glad Gladwell. Can you edit her voice and not make her do that? <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun fight, though. The ghost fight with the ghosts that blink around. See, I'm not here for those like weird Pirates of the Caribbean ghosts. Uh, <laughs> but I will say they look better than they looked in Lord of the Rings. Yes. And that, yes. this feels like what they're trying to do here, right? They're trying to be like, the Nazgul, before they were Nazgul, were just blinky little ghosts. And you had to hit them with, this, you had to throw them off the clip um, and then scream at them in your elf voice. Sorry, Lauren, what were you saying? No, I was going to say that Scott Foundress of Variety said, 
The result is that once the trilogy's most engrossing episode, it's most expeditious at a comparatively lean 144 <laughs> minutes and also it's darkest, both visually and in terms of the forces that stir in the hearts of men, dwarves, and orcs alike. Tim Robbie of the Daily Telegraph described the film as a paragraph on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> well, truly. Wow. <laughs> that was neither very terrible nor remotely unexpected. It's a series of stomping footnotes in search of a climax. Tim is sassy. Savage. But it is like truly, I can say everything that happened in this movie in like three sentences, right? It's like, I do, I do think down a the paragraph village. on steroids is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inku Kung of The Rap says the 144-minute running time showcases Jackson's worst tendencies, eons-long battle scenes, sloppy and abrupt resolutions, portentous romances, off-rhythm <laughs> comic timing, and newly, in this case, patience-testing fan service. Ouch. Oof. <laughs> wow. Well, at the 87th Academy Awards, the film received a nomination for Best Sound Editing. Aww. Nice. And they won the Heartland Film Festival's Truly Moving Picture Award. That seems condescending. I mean, it, it, moved, it moved a lot. There was it a lot of movement. very condescending. <laughs> we were truly moved by this. We were. At the Saturn Awards, the film won Best Fantasy Film, and Richard Armitage won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Well, okay, we have a little trivia here, which is always my favorite part. Um, Mm -hmm. shortly after the battle begins, Bard rides to Dale to look for his children. A woman tells him she saw them in the old marketplace. When he starts to go there, a man comes running in and shouts, the orcs have taken Stone Street. That's an inside joke. Stone Street is the name of Peter Jackson's film studio. He's the only one in the theater laughing. He's like, get it? And he's like, of course, nobody does. (laughs) Billy Boyd, who (laughs) Billy Boyd, who played Pippin and the Lord of the Rings trilogy co-wrote and performed the song The Last Goodbye for the end credits of this movie. Oh. Oh, were we supposed to watch the credits to get the song? <laughs> Lee Pace's vis- parents visited him on set, and subsequently Peter Jackson offered them to be extras in the movie. That's really fun. They were given roles as Lake Town villagers and filmed a scene with Ian McKellen. However, according to Pace, they were cut out of the movie because his father kept hamming it up during his scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Funny. I love that's really that. Cute. That's very good. But also, should I just start showing up to film sets to get roles? Yeah. Like, well, show up. You're I, one of the few people on the planet that I think that might actually work. <laughs> <laughs> like people like I think that they would do it. I think they would put you in movies if you just showed up. I think up. so, too. If you're right, like, well, what's going on over here? <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> can I have elf ears? Uh, despite playing his father in the trilogy, Lee Pace, Thanderdol, is two years younger than Orlando Bloom, Legoland. I see that. Orlando Bloom looks so old in these movies. Yeah. I had a moment where I was like, is that Orlando Bloom? Yeah. It is Orlando Bloom. I think, they, do they make him look younger with like CGI or something? Because I supposed couldn't to be tell. I think they were trying to. Something felt weird about it for it sure. It felt like he had an Instagram filter on because he had like the icy blue right. eyes, but then his like skin was kind of like smoothie, but like not. It was yes. very strange. Yeah. I buy all that because all elves are like immortal. So like who cares how old any of them are? They all sort of look however old they're going to look. But yeah. Legolas' dad was like maybe my favorite favorite part of this movie i yes i wanted to see more of him he was so like sinistery sassy which i love yeah like, kind of like um what's her name ursula like ursula's got yes. a lot of personality but she's very evil and i love a villain like that 
This is the only movie in the Hobbit trilogy as well as Lord of the Rings trilogy where Legolas blinks normally. In all the other movies, he only blinks when he is surprised or injured, which it's so crazy. Is that in the book? Do they say that? Yeah. I can't remember because that was like such a weird specific, like never blink. Yeah. Is that in the book, Zach? Uh, not that I recall, but I also don't remember the Arkenstone, so maybe I'm not the best <laughs> Well, Smaug the Dragon made a guest appearance. It was interviewed by Stephen Colbert on the Colbert Report on uh, December 11th, 2014 to promote this movie. Benedict Cumberbatch, who voiced the dragon in the trilogy, also provided the voice of Smaug for the interview. Oh, yeah. Mike had me watch a little um, behind the scenes of the motion cap thing. And I was kind of like. I found it. I mean, it's cool, but I also was like, why did he have to do this? Because he's Wait, playing a dragon that I think is mostly a dragon. He did motion capture for this? He's like they crawling used on the none floor. Of it. Ooh, they didn't use Nicole, any of it. He sure did. You need to watch it because it is some like capital A acting it is class. It's fully like what, you are a dragon. Stuff. Get on the floor <laughs> and growl at me. He's like slithering on the floor. I actually like. It really is a moment where I'm like, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch will go 100% on whatever you tell him to do. Um, I bet you they didn't use any of it. I bet it was just like, yeah, this is what you want to do. Sure. Because Smaug is so much bigger than a person. And he jumps in the air and becomes like a dolphin at one point. Like he's, he literally flies in a circle. Like it's not possible. Um, but I'm intrigued. It's so, amazing okay, to Peter, watch Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. do that. You do have to lo- look it up because it is funny. Um, Peter Jackson met Evangeline Lilly after he finished filming Lord of the Rings trilogy and he liked her so much that he promised to include her in J.R.R. Tolkien's other stories should they be made into film. And when they started filming The Hobbit, Lilly received a phone call from Jackson that he created the character of Toriel for her. That's nice. Wow. So, That's nice. So that character is a, is a made up one. That's a new one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we yeah. need Kate from Lost in this movie. <laughs> that. Um, she was fine. I thought she was good. Uh, yeah, she doesn't have a whole lot to do. No, I wish she had more. I would have really rather seen her and Nick Jonas, the dwarf be in their love story. Is she me too? How many women are in this movie? And is it just her? No, there's, there's so like, Oh, in, in this movie, it's the humans. The humans have some women. Yeah. They have like random townspeople that scream about stuff occasionally. Yeah. yeah there's Kate Blanchett. Oh, so right. Yes, yes, yes. Galadriel's in this one. And um, then beyond that, I think that's literally, it. I think yeah. there's like, and in terms of speaking. Yeah. It's like they, they scream. And also it probably doesn't pass the Bechdel test because there's never two women talking to each other. No, no, absolutely not. No, Lord, of the, no. Lord of the Rings at no point passes. Oh, Lauren. Lord of, the, Lord of the Rings at no point passes the Bechdel test. Um, and also I think some of the, I mean, you guys have talked about this before. Some of the orcs I think maybe were done by people of color, but apart from that, there are zero black people in this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we zero, talked about zero, this at zero. This is a huge issue. But I froze it on, I froze it on Amazon and one of the, you know how Amazon will do that thing where it will like x-ray tell you exactly who is in the scene you're looking at, which is very cool, oh. by the way, Amazon oh, Prime. Oh, I don't know I don't about think that. I've ever done you that. You pause a movie on Amazon Prime, it will show you like pictures and names of all of the people that have been in like encoded to be in that scene. Oh, interesting. And some of them I oh. thought were people of color, but I couldn't see them. So I was like, I guess these are orcs. I'm not huh. sure. Oh, interesting. I see what you're saying. 
Uh, this is the only Middle Earth movie to have any profanity at all. Unsurprisingly, it's spoken by Billy Conley's character, Dane Ironfoot. Dane yells for all the non-dwarf soldiers outside the gate of Erebor to S.O. Sawed off. Oh, sawed off. I was like, S.O.D.? Suck on dick? But it's sawed <laughs> off. I'm in British insult. All these elves can suck on dick! <laughs> my brain went to smd and i was like oh smd then i was like oh no that's definitely sod i was like what does sod stand for and i was like oh it's british it's a british smdh suck my dick head (laughs) suck my dick off (laughs) oh my god yeah so that's 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 that that is that honestly we we crushed that you did it. We did. Now you get to watch the Hobbit cartoon, which is much shorter, and I think you'll have a lot of fun. Okay. People have been telling us we will like this because y'all like Return of the Jedi, right? Like we're here for Ewoks. Yes. Yeah. We did like Ewoks. We do like the sillier things. Me too. I'm right there with you. That's also very much how my brain works. I think you'll like. I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I think you will like it. Well, I do look forward to that because it's a reasonable amount of. Um, time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to watch something that's not a hundred thousand hours long. You did all the long yes. ones. None of you watched the extended version of this, right? Absolutely not. No. I would never. Why would I do that? To I myself? have the exact same thought. No. I was like, dear Thank God, you. what else could they possibly Thank put you. into this movie? No, I think it's not nice to have it be a longer version. It's already so I long. Agree. It's very that's long. Nine hours to tell that story. Mm-hmm. It's not nice, and I don't also don't know who it's for. A lot of people, apparently, people love the extended versions of this shit. Okay. Which, you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Go for it. Because I watch every iteration of 90 Day Fiance. Okay. Same. I can put the hours in. All of the (laughs) spinoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been watching Darcy and Stacey? I I drew the line there for myself, but I everyone's telling me I need to watch it, so I think I'll probably have to start. I will send you a clip that will change your mind. It is Darcy and Stacey getting spray tanned in bikinis on a tarp. Just in their front lawn. Please send me that. <laughs> I need that. Um, yeah, that's a that that show is just the best thing on TV right now. I think. <laughs> I agree. It's a great study of the human mind. <laughs> well, we've come to the end of this episode. Oh no, um, Zach. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Oh, um, hey, go. Uh, Listen to Off Book, the improvised musical podcast that I do with Jessica McKenna that we talked about earlier. we uh, It's another podcast, which I know you listen to because you're doing one right now. <laughs> That's it. Great. Nicole, what about you? Mm, I want to I wanna promote, make sure you're registered to vote. And this election is important, but also all elections are important. Like we have to start voting at a state level and whatnot because trickle down economics doesn't work and neither does trickle down politics. So we got to hold people accountable at like a local and state level to have change happen up top. So that's, yeah, that. That's such a good point. I feel Mm -hmm. like, um, my whole life that has not been hammered home enough that like, it really matters who you vote for in your local elections and all that stuff too. Um, so that's a great point. And I'm going to just piggyback on that. Cause I feel like if I said my Patreon after that, it just doesn't sound that great. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this brings us to the battle of the five stars segment. And this one comes from Baraki 11 on Apple podcasts. And the subject is so great. I'm a huge nerd and love both star Wars and the Lord of the Rings, including the Hobbit. Listening to these two ladies go through and tear it apart. (laughs) is so hilarious. I really hope that they do Marvel movies next. 
Them watching all the Avengers movies and trying to make sense of them would be gold. Keep up the good work, ladies. Well, thanks, Brock11. Actually, I got that suggestion recently from someone as well, that that would be a good world for us. I don't know anything about that. That would be an extremely long road that you would be staring down. I think I've only seen... I've only seen, like, Ant-Man and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy the First. I think that's all. Yeah, I've you'd seen. be you'd be staring down the barrel of like a good two dozen movies. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Maybe not only, that many. The only but a thing lot. that I like about doing this is that I now just know everything. I'm like, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know all the Star Wars references, and it does come yeah. up a lot. Like it, they're referenced in subtle ways all the time, or like you know, someone trying to explain how like a plot device works, and they're like, it's like Star mm-hmm. Wars. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. I now know what you're talking about. So I guess this has been really helpful in many ways. I think it's been helpful for our journey as just actors yes. and comedians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, we're going to be back next week with Paul Shear. And we'll begin to something a little sillier to decompress from these uh, two intense trilogies that we just made it through. So see you next week. Toodaloo. Bye, boys. was a HeadGum original.